episode 99 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. This podcast was created because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. It's a story that has impacted several industries, several communities, and the flying public. The grounding of the fleet of Boeing 737 MAX aircraft has caused thousands of flights to be canceled, a drop in the production rate, and uncertainty about what might happen next. Aviation and aerospace reporter Daniel McCoy joins me today to talk about this huge business story and its impact on Wichita, Spirit Aerosystems, its largest customer, Boeing, and on other suppliers as well. The impact is being felt beyond the airlines and aircraft-making industries. Daniel joins me in a minute. First, a look at what's in your weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal, the big story. Check out some of Wichita's most promising young people. We're honoring 64 high school seniors in our second annual Young Achievers Awards. These students were selected by administrators and teachers at their schools as a way to recognize their hard work and successes. All 64 Young Achievers are being featured in the weekly edition. They begin on page 11. Also this week, details of an emerging leaders discussion at the WBJ. They say it's time for Wichita to let go of ideas and structures of the past and march boldly into the future. Check out that discussion on page 4. This week's top 25 list, well not quite 25, the largest Wichita area roofing companies. They're ranked by work build out of Wichita offices, page 6. If you're looking for business, you're looking for business leads, and we have them. Who's setting up a new corporation? Who owes back taxes? New real estate deals, building permits, court judgments, we collect it, you can use it, starts this week on page 42. Daniel McCoy and I talk about the 737 MAX in a moment. Welcome to Biz Talk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Daniel McCoy, our aviation and aerospace reporter here at the Wichita Business Journal, joins me once again to talk about the 737. So, Daniel, let's start from the beginning. Anytime there's a crash and loss of life, it is concerning. And when you have two crashes of the same aircraft model within five months, alarm bells go off pretty loudly, right? Yes, indeed. Yes, they do. Fill us in on those couple of crashes that kind of led to all this. Right. So the first crash uh, was in Indonesia in October. It was a Lion Air Flight 610. Uh, it was a 737 MAX 8, and it crashed uh, shortly after takeoff, and unfortunately uh, everyone on board was killed. Um, the details began to emerge out of that crash. There was uh, contention from the the carrier from Lion Air that the pilots were battling a automated flight system that was not responding properly. There was some early kind of back and forth. Um, Boeing, to some degree, hinted at, at pilot error. There's always, everyone's always careful to assess blame, especially early on. Even right. even with that uh, accident, there's only been a preliminary report. A final report on that accident is expected later this year. But the preliminary report uh, pointed to this software system that was new, to the 737 MAX, which is an upgraded version of the 737, um, sold it on being more fuel efficient and uh, longer flights. Part of that had to do with new engines 
And so they had to change the way they mounted the kind of the, the positioning of the engine on the wing. And that changed the aerodynamics of the fuselage, which is one of the primary parts we build here at right. Spirit. Um, that changed the aerodynamics a little bit, and they incorporated uh, an automated system that uh, would kind of pitch the nose down if it started to, to rise up a little bit. And so that was the system initially thought in that uh, preliminary report on Lion Air that, that the pilots were having trouble. That was um, the first fighting. crash. That was the first crash, yes. And so that was in October. And um, obviously, like I say, it's always concerning uh, loss of life. Um, uh, makes headlines all around the world. Max was a relatively new aircraft; had only been in service since 2017. But huge, huge part of Boeing's future and Wichita's future. Right. Um, just the the backlog that they've built, almost 5,000 planes, and and it had become their fastest selling aircraft in history. Um, so uh, it certainly uh, uh, raised some alarm bells. Um, but the, unfortunately there was, you know, still more to come as right. well. Um, so that second crash was Ethiopian airlines flight 302, which crashed in Ethiopia, uh, in March, earlier in March, March 10th. And, um, you know, it was also a 737 max eight. Um, so again, it, like, as you said, the same type of aircraft, new aircraft and it crashes within such a short amount of time uh certainly the the alarm bells started to go off all around the globe that concern spread pretty widely and pretty quickly and then came the groundings tell us about those yeah so soon after uh the ethiopian crash uh some of the aviation regulators around the world uh china and then followed by europe um, others some airlines on their own that had already had some uh, maxes in their fleets began grounding the plane um kind of a new wrinkle in in the history really of of aviation accidents like this the faa was actually the last right. regulatory body to ground the aircraft um, and that was at the urging of president trump right he yeah, was the first I, one to kind of say it yeah he said it first at least and and they were um um they followed the others when his, historically it's been the faa that's kind of taken the lead and and other regulators around the world have followed their their cue so now, of course, uh, a part of this whole story is some scrutiny on the FAA and their um, certification process of the of the Max with Boeing and and uh, what some have described as a cozy relationship with right. Boeing. So that's that that will be ongoing for a while. There have been congressional hearings and and uh, um, some federal inquiries into that. So yes, the FAA uh, grounded, uh, towards the, uh, I believe March 13th. So, uh, from that point, the max, the maxes were not flying and the, uh, emphasis became on trying to find out why, um, the second crash had happened. And as, as it's come out, um, that faulty, um, anti-stall system, which is called the maneuvering characteristics augmentation system <laughs> for, for, uh, those inside baseball. Um, what, um, it was, uh, believed to have been receiving a faulty signal, uh, from one of the sensors that's associated with that. Um, and, and that sensor was giving it a, a false angle of attack. And so the computer was saying, Oh, we need to pitch the nose down when the pilots, after takeoff are saying we need to be gaining altitude right. and they were fighting this uh, system and, and un unable to overcome it. And Boeing CEO, Dennis Muhlenberg has since said that that system did 
play a role in both both crashes. He has acknowledged that 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 system and the faulty um, information it was being fed was part of a series. Uh, any aviation accident is is always tip uh, is always described as a chain event, a chain reaction of events, and and they always are. It, they kind of figured that it was a software problem after the first crash they did but a lot of confirmation then came after that second crash yes so um one of the things you may have heard about if you've been uh, following this story at all is that boeing is working on a software upgrade and some training enhancements uh to go along with those that will um provide a little more redundancy uh, in terms of that angle of attack sensor and the information that it feeds that anti-stall system. It will also enable pilots to completely shut off that system, and it uh, it lessens the severity with which that system impacts the aircraft. Um, but, yes, some of that began right after the Lion Air crash. They began looking at that and, and working on some of that. Uh, there had been some reports that that work had been slowed somewhat by the government shutdown, but that there had also been kind of some back and forth on various things between Boeing and the FAA. So um, they they had maybe been close to rolling something out uh, even prior to the crash of the Ethiopian aircraft in March. That's a process, though. It's not like, okay, we write some code, we override something, and then we put it on a thumb drive and mail it out to the airlines. This is a pretty involved process when you make a change like this, right? Yeah, absolutely. Boeing has to, uh, of course, come up with, with how to make the change, and they have to simulate it, and then they have to test fly it themselves. Um, then the FAA has to approve it, and and uh, then um, at, at this point, what will be interesting to watch going forward is what those regulatory bodies elsewhere in the world do, um, even after the FAA approves it, because a lot of times, uh, as I said in the past, FAA was kind of the rubber stamp right. for the global industry. Um, there's some thought now that uh, regulators will will run their own certification processes uh, when this uh, fix is eventually um, rolled out. That's expected now uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, it's been pushed out a little longer than maybe Boeing uh, initially thought. There's been some reports of, of a second issue that they're, they're working on um, in terms of the software. So once they get the software out, the FAA certifies it. They've said it'll be a relatively quick process to upload to the aircraft once they get them to the operators, but then there'll be obviously some training requirements uh, that will go along with this just so all the pilots know exactly how to deal with the system. So um, it's it's looking now, um, uh, some of the, the estimates have now put the grounding itself uh, at about 10 weeks from the uh, initial grounding and, and uh, it, it still remains to be seen um, exactly how long it, it will take. But um, I think a lot of people expect, you know, later this summer, early fall, to, to potentially see a return of those aircraft. In the meantime, airlines are having to operate without their 737 MAX aircraft. So how are they adjusting to all this? Yeah, um, on that front, um, Boeing had delivered a little, I, I believe, 371 um, 737 maxes to the global industry a large portion of those were to overseas operators which is one of the kind of catch-22s on this there's questions about the pilot training and and pilot um, potential pilot error even in the ethiopian airlines crash where they followed what boeing had recommended after the lion air crash mm -hmm. but there are some reports that the pilots turned the system off as boeing had said and then turned it back on and turned right. it back off repeatedly so all that still has to be worked out but um 
domestically, um, Southwest has a little over 30, American has like 20, uh, United has some. So on that front, there's not, they are moving them out of their networks uh, at least till early June in the case of Southwest and American. So they're not planning on having the Max in their in their systems. So don't worry if you see uh, one of the things that's come up is, especially on Southwest, one of the big selling points of the Max is that it was so similar to the uh, 737-800 mm -hmm. that pilots would need very little training to fly the new aircraft. There'd be so much carryover. One of those carryovers was the safety brochures right. in the back of your seat. And they say 737-800 or 737-MAX-8. Okay. And I've seen some people posting pictures saying, am I on a 737-MAX? Right. Right now you're not. Right. So I can tell you that much. Um, I did talk with uh, Dean Headley, who uh, was a professor at Wichita State, and he uh, uh, co-authors an annual report on airline quality that mm -hmm. just came out earlier this month, and asked him about that a little bit. He likened it to kind of how the system works around a major weather event. Um, he said this one be a little bit different uh, just in terms of some of the logistics around it, but he expected, you know, the system would absorb any changes in the next in in a couple of weeks so if you're not flying for another week or two weeks um, outside of maybe having a being on a smaller aircraft because they may have to bring in uh, some aircraft to fill to to backfill or you may have a, a connection you hadn't planned on um, but for the most part he felt like the the system would would be worked out pretty well and not be too much of a of a headache for travelers mm -hmm. Well, this obviously also impacts manufacturing. Yes, absolutely. Uh, not only here in Wichita, but also up in Renton, Washington. Talk about Boeing's adjustments and how Spirit's manufacturing efforts are impacted. Boeing had initially, so they stopped delivering the Max to customers soon after the grounding. But at that point, they had said they were going to continue building at the current production rate, which was 52 aircraft a month and plan being to, to store them until they could start delivering them again. Um, last week, Boeing announced they were going to take their own production down to 42 a month um, for the time being, frees up resources to work on these fixes for the MAX, and also gives them a little breathing room in their inventory. Obviously, uh, you start 52 planes a month, you got to find a place to park those. Right. That's not easy. Right. So Boeing is now uh, the middle of this month moving back down to 42 per month. Now, the interesting thing there, though, is that Spirit um, announced soon after that they were going to stay at uh, uh, 52 a month. So and Spirit makes roughly 70% of the 737 airframe? Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, they make the full fuselage. They make uh, some wing components. They make parts uh, that hold the engine to the to the wing and some other components. So they're they're a major supplier. But we should point out as well, though, they don't have any anything to do with the software. They do not. No, the software yeah. is, is not work that, that's done here. Right. So, yeah, that's a good point to make. Um, so they announced, the, so you have Boeing saying they're going to trim their production by about 20 percent but spirit says uh, that they've worked out a deal with boeing as have some other major suppliers to stay at the current rate with the idea being that um, it'll be easier for boeing to go back to 52 a month when the time comes what spirit plans to do is hold some of that excess uh, uh, you know you'd be looking at 10 fuselage and component shipments a month theoretically hold that in excess hold hold that excess in inventory and then ship it to boeing as boeing demands so that the idea here is that the supply chain is not disrupted too much because boeing is is 
uh, obviously intent on resolving this crisis as soon as possible and, and moving back to production rate and, and actually pushing ahead to a previously planned rate of 57 a month that they had uh, been targeting for the middle of this year, just uh, reported today that um, some suppliers up in the Seattle area as well, uh, as well as a couple here have heard Boeing's plan now is to go to 57 a month in September. So they'll be at 42 on their end uh, uh, through April and May, and then uh, 47 in June, and then another incremental step on up, and then on to 57 uh, in, in September. So from Spirit's standpoint, if they're staying at 52, and they've already been doing uh, uh, production increase rehearsals, and they've done a bunch of hiring for the next rate increase, I right. mean, they've... They've invested heavily in in meeting that 57 per month in 2019. So for them to be able to stay at 52 and then move up uh, that other five planes a month um, would be easier than trying to to logistically cut, you know, for a right. while and then bring people back or whatever they would have to do. Should point out that part of that plan they've not reduced uh, their local workforce. Right. Currently, anyway, um, never know what's going to happen in the future, but that they've got more than 14,500 workers now. Wichita's largest employer been making headlines for a couple of years mm -hmm. on their hiring blitz. So employment stays the same for now. And, and if Boeing can get this fix out and can satisfy the regulators, um, should be back up to 57 or all the way up to 57 by the end of the year. Short term, at least, there has been an impact on stock prices, not only at Boeing, but also at Spirit to a certain extent. There has been. It, it, they've, they've both come down um, uh, to varying degrees, um, starting to come back up a little bit actually today, perhaps on the back of that news of, of uh, increased production plans. But Boeing had been kind of the, the, the bell cow for the Dow mm -hmm. uh, for quite a while, and people were looking at, at price targets, $450 or more. Um, that obviously, uh, Wall Street has begun to price in what the impact on Boeing will be. Um, so their stock has come come down uh, over the last month or so. Um, I, today they are at around 370, I believe. Uh, yeah, 370 per share. Uh, per share. So um, coming back down, but I would say just uh, as a outside observer, um, by and large, the market has shown confidence that they're going to get this fixed. Right. And I, you haven't seen a, a mass exodus of investors, uh, at least in my opinion. What's your best guess for when the groundings are lifted and these things get back up in the air? My, my best guess, just from, from what I'm reading and what folks are telling me, um, I would say probably sometime this summer, uh, maybe June, uh, June or July. And that's, that's probably given them a little more breathing room than they would like to see. Um, so, uh, it's just a matter of, of how long it does take them to, to get these issues resolved and and it'll be interesting to watch how quickly the FAA recertifies and then concurrently how quickly the rest of the world recertifies that could go on longer. Right. Um, just kind of in some of the fallout from all this, some of the, the tensions, internationally between regulatory bodies and, and Boeing that some of this has has created. So um, I think, you know, if, if things go well, um, you know, by the end, by by fall, end of the year, everybody 
every place back in service. Um, and I think Boeing is, is capitalized enough to, to absorb that and the supply chain would be humming along at 57 a month at that point. And, and, uh, from a production standpoint and a, and a stock standpoint, they would, uh, be relatively unscathed. Now the question going forward is consumer confidence, right? Who's going to, uh, do you satisfy people who buy tickets and fly on planes that these things are safe? Right. And that, you know, that's anybody's guess at this point. But, uh, you know, they still, like I said, they have a backlog of almost 5,000 of these. That's seven years worth of work just on that backlog of Maxes alone for Spirit and for Boeing. So we'll see what future orders uh, show and what future passenger uh, sentiments towards the max are. We've been talking about uh, basically a 737 max story on a daily basis all the way back to the middle of March. It's been now a month and we've got more stories to come. Aviation and aerospace reporter Daniel McCoy, who uh, you may have seen him on uh, Yahoo Finance quite a bit because uh, we have an agreement with uh, Yahoo Finance that they pick up a lot of our stories. So a lot of people are interested in 737 MAX and uh, a lot more stories to come at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Daniel, thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. Back in a moment. At Equity Bank, stories of growing businesses are a favorite of ours, so we created our own little series called Napkin Stories. Visit equitybank.com to see how some great businesses got their start. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 99. Check out all our episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thanks for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy, a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter. And thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Have a profitable week. <laughs>